to another episode of the Nerd Herder Clone Wars Rewatch. I am your herd leader, John Wayne. I am your herd mom, Megan. Oh, there you are. <laughs> I didn't know that you were there until you spoke. I was looking at a picture of Jack Patillo. This is about... I have no idea who that is. Uh, Rooster Teeth. Okay. There you go. Well, welcome. The bearded one. What, what a wonderful <laughs> intro uh, to today's episode there. Um, if you're just discovering us and if this is your first episode... First of all, why are you starting out of chronological order? Second of all, welcome. Don't shame um, the people. Maybe they're picking up where they left off. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, if you don't know, this is where we rewatch and discuss the Clone Wars. Uh, we do it every Friday, and it's one of our favorite shows, and one of your favorite shows, too. Uh, maybe not yours, Bill, but definitely yours, Dave. Uh, so, that's, yeah. a, that's a fair assumption. <laughs> Well, I don't want to assume it's everybody's favorite, but it is our most popular show. It's my favorite week. show. So, uh, we always have a lot of fun. We have some good ones. We just began season two. Uh, yeah. And so, now, if you're going back and listening uh, to our past episodes, then you might be, hey, you forgot season one, episode 22. No, we didn't, Billy. No. We know what we're doing. It's chronological Are Bill rewatch. and Billy different people? Huh? Are yes. There's Bill, Billy, and Billion. <laughs> Billion's the posh one. <laughs> He's European. <laughs> and his wife, Billy, with an I-E. Right, exactly. Yes. Billy Piper. Um, uh, Billy Piper. Anyway, so, yeah, it, we're, we're doing it in chronological order, uh, which means that season one, episode 22, is actually in, I believe, season... No, it's in season two. It's late, much, yes. much later in season two. I believe, um, and so, just hold your horses, we'll get there, uh, I know season one, episode 22 is the proper intro to Cad Bane, arguably cooler than his introduction in these episodes, but we still oh. get some cool Cad Bane. I liked, I liked the episodes that we got. Oh yeah, I mean, I just mean that because season one, episode 22 was his actual introduction to us, maybe not in the timeline, but to us. Uh, I think they handle it with making him seem a lot cooler. Like, mm -hmm. they build him up a little bit more, whereas in Season 2, Episode 1, he's just in it. He's there. You know, he gets a phone call from Sidious, and we're happy. So, <laughs> that I just think that this one didn't do as much introduction because he was already introduced, even though technically this is his first introduction yeah. to the timeline. So, um... Clone Wars, you're confusing. Yeah, sometimes. It, it's really, that's, it, it really does pay off a lot, especially in the earlier seasons for the chronological order, which is why we're doing it, and it's also why we're not skipping anything, because I'm a stickler for not skipping anything, because I can never decide on what would be skippable and not, because I think some, yeah. even if they don't have huge impact, so like the R2 verse, uh, the one where R2's kidnapped. I think it's still fun episodes. Yeah. So it's one of those, okay, do we skip it because it's not story, or do we watch it because it's not story but it's fun? Yeah. It was just easier to just say, eh, let's just watch all of it. Yeah, I think we skipped maybe three or four episodes while we were watching Twin Peaks, <laughs> but they were... Yeah, well, yeah, with Twin Peaks, yeah, <clears throat> but not with Star Wars. No. But, uh, yeah. with, but that was just because that's when it got weird and was just having a story. Yeah. Well, you know, David Lynch. They had his. He was seconds. done telling they, his yeah, story. They had, they had sixty seconds of plot, and then the rest of the episode. Yeah, like it was literally. I filled you in on everything, and then we watched the last two episodes. Right. Um, 
But that was also because I was impatient. Here, we got all the time in the world. Yeah. Uh, we, we're set if everything goes well, we'll be watching Clone Wars until the end of August. So hopefully you guys are strapped in for all that. Um, Put your seatbelt on, we're not moving the car until you do. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, speaking of moving forward, though, let's go ahead and get into our episodes. Whee! Beginning with Season 2, Episode 1, Holocron Heist, we are officially into the next season. Yeah. Uh, the moral for this episode is, a lesson learned is a lesson earned. Deep. Meh. <laughs> Meh. I read it when it came up as, a lesson learned is a lesson learned. That's also true. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is one of those ones where it seemed like they had, at, at least to me, I'm, you know, if you saw the parallels between the moral and the episode, let me know. But I felt like really didn't have much of a lesson to learn in this episode. Obviously, Ahsoka messes up in a way we've already seen her do before, and it lands her in the Jedi archives and whatnot, but she doesn't really learn her lesson. She, I mean, yeah, she stops the bad guy, or helps stop the bad guy, but that doesn't teach her anything about why she ended up on detention duty in the first place. No. <laughs> so, I'm not really sure who learned a lesson and mm. if they earned it or not, because... I mean, if yeah. anything, she's kind of justified because if she wasn't in the if she wasn't in the library, she never would have been able to catch the bounty hunter. Well, yeah, but but I don't qualify that as a lesson learned or anything. Like, no, that's what I mean. It's like it's it's a nice little, you know, moral, and I mean, really, it's an old adage from you know quite a while. So I mean, it's nothing groundbreaking or new. I just think it doesn't really apply. Yeah. To the episode. This is one where I don't, I can't draw really any conclusion because I can't say that Ahsoka necessarily learned her lesson. Yeah. So much. I don't know. That's just me. Like I said, if you guys, if anyone out there, um, if you see it different, if you uh, caught where the moral applies to the episode, let me know. I just, I think it was just a nice moral to put on a good episode. Yeah. One of those things. Otherwise, I mean, what are, what else are they gonna yeah. put on it? You know. Also, if you like, if you are an animator of any kind, I strongly encourage you. Like, this just popped in my head. Imagine, listen to the song from Hamilton. History has its eyes on you, and imagine um, Ahsoka talking to Ezra. Like, I, I'll play it for you later. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Sure. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I I have no idea. Uh, what you just said, I just nod, <laughs> as I do in most situations. Shut up and talk. Right. Smile and wave. Uh, opening narration for this episode is Jedi trapped on Felucia. Clones are surrounded by droid forces. Their only hope is to escape on Republic gunships waiting to land on the embattled surface. Jedi cruisers have managed to blow a hole in the droid defenses and have sent gunships to the rescue. Um, so we're going to Felucia... A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very briefly. Our first jaunt into Felucia. We get more. Oh, well, no. We get really. more next week. I'll say that. Uh, but uh, it is nice to see one of those glimpsed prequel planets, yeah. you know, from episode three explored. That's one thing I love about the Clone Wars is going to those new planets we just got a glimpse of that were like, 
what, where was that? What, you know, I mm. want to know more about that. Every time I see, like, a planet in Clone Wars with these big, beautiful plants and trees, I'm just like, is that Felicia? Yeah, right. Is that, is that Felicia? It's a very pretty planet, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think I talked to you, I asked you about it when we first watched the, the episode with the lemur people. Yes. Yeah, yeah right. Because I thought that was Felicia. Trees. Huh? I thought that was Felicia. Right. That was incorrect. No, that was Merida. That was Merida. Yep. If you had Merida. a chance to change your feet, what, what size would you, you choose? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Can we talk about bounty hunters, please? Sure. We did that last week. We're going to be talking about, about bounty hunters throughout this, this Clone Wars season. So. Yeah, we are. So, this season is chock-a-block full of bounty hunters. Yeah. Like, they're coming out at the seams. And it is off to a promising start with the introduction of Cad Bane. Yeah. Who, you are correct. I love him already. There you go. Yeah. But first, we see that our usual gang of Jedi are fighting a losing battle on Felucia. Ahsoka kind of undoes some of her character growth in Season 1, as she refuses, again, to retreat when ordered to. Yeah, I really didn't... <laughs> but, I, I feel like they just needed a reason to put Ahsoka in the archives. Yeah. And I feel like they could have easily accomplished it with, hey, Ahsoka, go shadow in the archives with Jocasta New. Learn the importance of books and knowledge and all this other stuff. I feel it, like you could have done yeah. that and not undone character growth from literally the last three episodes. Yeah. Do you L think... Literally three episodes ago, we had the same exact, hey, retreat. No, it's fine. All the clones die. Do you think that Jocasta New did not know about Ahsoka before she came to the archives and she was like, she's not in the archives, therefore she doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm basically, yeah, well, we'll talk about Jocasta New in a minute. Yeah, but, we will. Um, yeah, I was, really, I was really bummed about this because, like I said, I mean, literally three episodes ago, she yeah. learned this lesson and here she is doing it again. It's yeah. kind of frustrating. And, and this one is even worse because she blinked she blatantly blames it on Anakin, and it like she watches her tape blow up that she was just yeah, on at the end. Like you're you're like that was almost you. Yeah. Like I mean, the thing is, she should have learned from the last one where, you know, her clone squad died all but two, mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things. And then you come out on the other end, and you're like, you know, uh, you know, Master Skywalker never retreats and all this other stuff, and I'm like. Master Skywalker is also... He's the one telling you to talented. retreat. Talented, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, Ahsoka... Like, that... This is one of those moments where... I'm not really frustrated with the character so much as the, the context of the character, the writing. Yeah. It's just... Again, they needed a reason to put her in the archives. I think they could have done the same thing with just saying, hey... I mean, she shadowed Luminara, for goodness sake. So it's just one of those yeah. things where it's like, hey, every Padawan has to spend a week in the library... Luminara is over the Kyber crystals. I thought that she and her Padawan had something to do with the Kyber crystals. No, they just they were in that episode from the two thousand three series where they where she was building the lightsaber. Sick. But they they're no more related to Kyber crystals than most Jedi. Yeah, which we get a lightsaber shenanigans in the next episode, which I'm excited to talk about because it's bull honky. We'll talk about it okay. in a minute. Um. But yeah, so she's hanging out in the archives with Jocasta New. Essentially, Ahsoka is in detention, and is she has to help the librarian 
by guarding the forbidden section. Which, if this was me, at uh, Ahsoka's age, I'd be freaking pumped. I love going to the library. Well, and I feel like that would have been a good time to highlight, <clears throat> again, the Jedi archives. Why, why do they have such an extensive library? What's important? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it would be good to emphasize, hey, every Padawan has to go through time in the library to learn the value of learning. Yeah. And so forth. I, I feel like that would have been way cooler than, oh, character growth? What's that? Like, you know. <laughs> I don't know her. Right. I mean, yeah. we don't know how long it was between the last, you know, the Battle of Ryloth and here. Uh-huh. But I don't think it was long enough for her to forget about how she literally did the same thing and got people killed. Yeah. At least this time, nobody, as far as we really see, you know, no more than the average clone fodder dies. Like, it's not, it's not crazy. Don't you dare ever (laughs) use that word again. I mean, you, you see, (laughs) it's a battle, so you see a few clones die, but it's not like there was a whole battalion of clones on the juggernaut that blew up at the end. So it's like, okay, it's not as bad as the last time, but at the same time, I get you. I get you. So, John, there's this big fancy door in the library, as all libraries have, where the Jedi Council, who are very worried about wiping the memories of droids, keep their holocrons that only Jedi Council members can enter. Like, it seems weird to me, for some reason. Like, you have this gigantic, basically, hall of records mm-hmm. that only, you know, Jedi Council members can access, but... I don't know. It just seems a little well, weird to me. Well, th- that section's not as extensive. That, more than likely, has a lot of the... The bigger, stuff. deeper Jedi stuff. So the, the main archives are just general galactic knowledge, basically. General knowledge? Um, you can learn all It's not necessarily just uh, Jedi history, but it's 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 uh, knowledge and history that they've accumulated over the thousands of years that they've been Jedi. Uh, so... The sacred texts. It's almost one of those things where it is all from the Jedi's perspective, more than likely, a lot of it. So it is a way for them to shape how future Jedi know the galaxy. Um, Manipulative, yes. I mean, kind of, but also not real. I mean, it, it's from a certain point of view, and it depends on <laughs> what all you're talking about. She wrote a book about It's that. hard to um, kind of label it all as manipulative education, but... Um, History's written by the winners. Yeah, it, I mean, I don't know. That's a whole nother ethics question, but the holocron beep, um, the holocron vault that only the council members can go in is probably all the deeper, it's probably not necessarily beneficial for every Jedi to know. So that probably has information on the fallen 20 Jedi. Uh, As we know, it, it contains the holocron that leads, uh, that connects to um, the list of four sensitive children. So it's all that stuff that they want to make sure that only a select number can control because if something happens, they only have to investigate 20 people instead of all the Jedi. 
kind of makes sense. You don't want just any Padawan being able to look, oh, who's, you know, who's a Force-sensitive baby on Tatooine? You know, like, you want to you wanna only leave that to the higher ups um, who've proven both loyalty and, and intelligence and moral uprightness and all that stuff. So if they had that, why didn't they detect Anakin? Uh, well, Qui-Gon says it in The Phantom Menace. He says if they, he was born closer to the Republic, they would have picked him up. Um, basically, he's not only just so far, um, the, it's also on Tatooine. It's such a backwater planet. Um, there's no, yeah, there, there's no telling really how often um, someone Force-sensitive comes from that kind of planet. I mean, we only know of at least two. Isn't Rodia now a rim planet? Um, I'd, I'd, I would say mid-rim, given, given that, like, you can tell outer rim planets by their locale. Rhodia is much more calm and sophisticated, so I'd imagine it has to be at least mid-rim or core world. Um, but they only discovered that by combining their powers. Gotcha. In the next episode, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about we that in the next we episode, sorry. We don't know how they find force-sensitive children, mm -hmm. you know, um, essentially we're led to believe that it's just one Jedi, or uh, one of maybe a few, mm -hmm. I have a hard time believing it's just one Jedi, but here it's kind of led to believe there's one Jedi who just travels around and feels with the force, so, <laughs> just feeling with the force. I'm gonna stop this conversation right here, because I'm like, I can go on a tangent about that, so <laughs> keep going, keep going. Um, so... <laughs> Jocasta knew. We talked. We mentioned Jocasta knew. Uh, this is her first appearance in the Clone Wars, uh, and she is the chief librarian of the Jedi Archive. Obviously, she's, as far as I can tell, the only librarian. I've never yeah. really seen anybody else hanging out there. Um, and she was very confident and protective of her archive. She was, and this is why she gets so offended with Obi Wan is because she, she's responsible for it, and she, like, idolizes knowledge and history and this archive and all this other stuff and so when he challenges to say maybe it's incomplete you know she just takes that as a you don't understand the Jedi archives then <laughs> uh, but it's also a symbolism <clears throat> of the Jedi believe they know everything yeah. the Jedi think that they know all that there is to know and you know all that other stuff so she's kind of a, a, a symbol of that but it also makes sense with her character she's just she doesn't want anybody disrespecting not only uh, knowledge and history and, I guess, literature, yeah. but not the Jedi. She doesn't want anybody calling that into question. <clears throat> According to the Grand Inquisitor, she separated the Jedi into two categories, the one that she deemed worthy to learn and then everybody else. Uh, but he also had a bone to pick with her, so that could be a skewed vision, but it's also not that far off that she more than likely treated those that she favored better because she thought that they respected the knowledge more. Uh, but it's kind of hard to respect knowledge that you won't allow people to have access to. Yeah. So, uh, she's very strict and um, distrusting of several Jedi and how they were using the archives and for what purposes. Uh, to her, everything in the archive was sacred, so she's a big reason for the Grand Inquisitor's fall, actually. <coughs> it, it, sounds, it sounds silly that it's a librarian that causes a Jedi to turn to the dark side. But it's not... I mean, it's a culmination of other things. She just happened to be 
kind of the straw on the camel's back of, you know, I've had enough of the Jedi and their secrets and their favoritism and all this other stuff, you know. Because, um, I mean, you got to feel like they do like who they like. I mean, there's a few hundred Jedi and, you know, it seems like there's the favorites and then there's everybody else that fills in, so. Um, yeah. Ultimately, she's killed sometime after Order 66. 40? Order Order 66. Um, the holocrons, um, which are a big part of the Jedi archives, are like mystic force USB devices. Sick. Um, they were used since ancient times to store secrets both light and dark, and they can be only accessed. They can only be accessed by using the force. Um, some had much more mystic power, but it's kind of hard to tell what made a special brand versus a regular, um, and all that sort of stuff, because there's just not a whole lot in canon of holocrons yet. Um, and even in Legends, it wasn't very clear what the difference between a special one and a regular one was sometimes. Um, but basically, like I said, the best way to explain it is they're like USBs, and I guess what makes them special is what you download onto it, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, and we're led to believe that every Jedi had, had a holocron. Um, Anakin had one that he recorded, uh, um, saber techniques on, uh, you know, uh, That's, I just, I'm just imagining Star Wars kid in my head. Have you ever seen that video? Oh, the one with the... The kid in the garage? Yeah. Yeah! Um. <laughs> just Anakin hitting himself yeah. in the forehead with a fake lightsaber. <laughs> um. Well, I, I, he, I'm sure he recorded other things. That's just what we see him. Hey, guys. That. Welcome to my vlog. <laughs> um, so, but, I mean, I think it's meant to be. So, I I want to say that in one Star Wars comic, we see that Gardula the Hutt actually has Luminara and Dooley's holocron. Um, so, I think it's, it's kind of like that where they, it's basically like, hey, you're a Jedi Knight now. Here's a holocron. Put all of your knowledge and, and all of your wisdom into it to pass yeah. on to the next generation, kind of thing. Yeah, and in the Tales from Vader's Castle comic, they capture a ghost inside of a holocron. Yeah, um, because it was empty and it was an electric ghost of sorts, which I thought was pretty interesting because it leads you to believe is it really a ghost or is it something else? Is this the real life or is it just fantasy? But basically, yeah, they download the ghost into, <laughs> not the ship, the, the entity. <laughs> Into the holocron. Could I download a ghost, please? Please no. There's that's a movie, you know. I downloaded a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so stun silence. Holocrons. They're they're weird and mystic and somehow forcey, but also technological. There you go. Logical All right. So that's a lot of nerd stuff. Nerd alert. So, obviously, the title tells us exactly what is going down right now. Sidious contacts Cad Bane and hires him to steal a specific holocron. And Bane and his adorable droid, whose name is Toto. Yeah. Guys, his name is Toto. Toto 360. Toto 360. Oh, I want that game called Soul. I don't want the <laughs> droid. He's so precious. And his, co and his partner, Cato Parasiti. <laughs> Devise a pretty nice plan to make it happen. Kato is a changeling, like the one we saw in Attack of the Clones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what? That is. What's their race called? Um, they are called the Claudites. The Claudites. Claudites. 
I'm pretty sure that's a character in Monster High, but I will keep going. Um, so they devise a plan. Kato takes the form of a Jedi to enter the archives for a full ma map of the temple. Meanwhile, Bane and Toto get in through the vents and eventually split up to throw the Jedi off. But uh, Yoda feels a disturbance in the Force, and the Jedi go on high alert. It's funny how that works when it's supposed to work. Yeah. And doesn't when it's not supposed to. He's just like, <laughs> headache. Like, I mean, nothing had really happened yet. He just felt, oh, it's, someone's going to break in. It's like when your mom is in another room and knows. Right. She knows. But, but when we need something, you yeah. know, and you should be able to use the force. Oh, the dark side clouds all things. <laughs> what? Yoda, you're just tired. Go take a okay, nap. Because my thing is, all right, Sidious hired Bane. If Sidious, and, and we're led to believe almost explicitly that it's Sidious causing the sort of epicenter of dark side blockage. So, wouldn't he specifically want to kind of cast shadow over them being able to detect mm -hmm. his bounty hunter from enacting his plan to break in to get a holocon for him? Maybe he was thinking about something else. Maybe he was just like for those couple minutes like, oh my gosh, the new episode of Space uh, Star Trek is on. And <laughs> I just want to be like, ugh. I don't know. I, it was, again, it was one of those things where it's like, we need the Jedi to figure out that someone's breaking in. Yeah, just have Yoda sense something in the Force. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Thanks to a distraction uh, from a bomb secretly hidden inside Toto, yeah. which I, when that happened, I started <laughs> screaming, no, please no, this is the most cute droid I've ever seen. And then he explodes. Yep. Yeah. Which, it's... It's a cute little thing that Bane does in the beginning of, of the episode. Like, oh, I'm just going to put something in your back. Like, oh, it's a new pair of shoes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah I, he, I packed your angry eyes. Yeah, he manages to trick him to do it. And, yeah. Um, I mean. I didn't call that. Yeah. I think, well, what? you had already seen it. The fact what? that it was a bomb instead of something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, you're not led to believe it's anything. Yeah. He's kind of just tuning up his droid for the mission kind yeah. of thing. But. And the fact that Toto is like, no, please no. And just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, even droids don't want to die. I know, right? Like, we talked about that when we did the droidography episode. Yeah. We were talking about droids have feelings, too. They Programmed fear. Programmed feelings, but feelings. Do you fear death? No. Ditto. <laughs> um, but yeah. He blows up his little baby droid. And, uh... Bane takes the chance to steal the holocron and escape before Kato is captured and spills all of the space beans on their plan. <laughs> they, those, those Claudites, man, they love to sell out their partners. Yeah. You know? So He's about to have to name <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, my goodness. Is, yeah. it is it just the yellow belly species or what? Yeah. They have no space honor. Um, so she tells the Jedi a name, Bola Rapal, which I, I looked at you when I first heard it because I could swear that she said Rapal. <laughs> <laughs> um, a Jedi who went missing and has the secret list of Force-sensitive children. 
that can only be accessed with the specific holocron that Bane has stolen. It's like Mission Impossible up in here. Yeah, it's cray cray. It's a good Jeez. episode though. I like the I like the kind of the yeah. Mission Impossible vibe. Obviously, it's not for the good of the story, but uh, it's really cool. It's really well done. It, it's kind of hard not to admire Bane's kind of um, ingenuity, you know, because he knew that the Jedi the Jedi thought initially that they were going after their communications tower to kind of get the idea of. All right, where where is all their outposts and all this other stuff? Not not uh, a bad idea, but it's also an indication of they're so prideful that no one can break into their archives. They don't even yeah. think about that. I mean, they're literally right outside the archives when they see a hole in the wall, and it's like, oh, that's going towards the communications tower. Let's go there. Not noticing even that the the vault had been breached. Yeah. So it's a real good, in, it's a real very subtle, and I don't even know if it was on purpose, but it's a great way to symbolize the pride, again, of, you know, no one could break into the holocron vault, no one could do that, only a Jedi can get in there anyway. So it's one of those things where it's, it's really, it's really cool that Bane thought of that. That's why he sent Toto that way anyway, was to mm -hmm. make it seem like that was the mission all along. Mm -hmm. Um... It's not really until <clears throat> Kato spills the beans that they figure out, okay, it was bigger than that. It was about a holocron. Yeah. Um, and like I said, apparently, out of the two Claudites that we've seen, that's just a, a thing. Mm -hmm. Sell out your partner. Yeah. Um, no honor amongst thieves, I guess. So, um, all the nerd information that you didn't know you needed to know, the Jedi that uh, Kato impersonates is Ord Innocence, and he is a Skrilling. Uh, which is first created species for a uh, skiff thug on Java's sail barge in Return of the Jedi. Oh. So it's pretty cool to see that kind of pop up there. Um, Kato herself, as we mentioned, is a Claudite, and most people call their species changelings. Uh, I'm glad that changeling isn't the actual species name, but it's yeah. kind of led to believe that's a derogatory statement then. Yeah, because changelings are an ancient Irish folktale. Like, you <laughs> don't lose your baby near a stream. Because they're going to be a changeling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, changelings are really weird for their ability to morph their appearance as, they, uh, as we see here. Um, and what I like is here, whenever she takes a new appearance, you see a kind of hologram flicker yeah. for her clothes. I like that. I like that because I don't, I've never liked, in Legends, they could uh, impersonate anything. They could, they could make it seem like, I mean, like jewelry and clothing, as long as it was on skin, they could do it. And it's just kind of, kind of weird. Like, wouldn't you be naked then? Like, yeah. It just seemed like too much of a, of a scapegoat. I imagine it's kind of like Loki. I imagine he just, like, walks around naked all the time and just, like, manifests uh, yeah, even his clothes. clothes. Even his natural clothes. Like, do you ever think he, like, he, like gets distracted or gets a whack to the head <laughs> and all of a sudden, like, naked? Yeah, you you wouldn't want that happening. So, I yeah, I just yourself. I've never quite liked the idea of a species that can take on any form. Or any, I feel like it's a little too. It's cool because it's like, oh, they're uh, now. I like the idea of being able to take on certain forms. Yeah. You know, but I like Sam Wessel apparently likes a certain form. You know, she uses a certain face and everything like that. Yeah. But 
She was a very pretty lady for yeah. a little while there. Um, but here, you know, it just, it's like, so you can just do whatever, you, and there's no, there's, there, there seems to be no limit, like, well, I can't do it for long, or, you know, I have to stay calm, like, there's no real big inhibitors to how they can, so it's kind of like, hmm. yeah, that seems a little easy, Yeah. but, I don't know, you have to have your chameleon species if you're in space, I guess. Um, Cad Bane is a Duros, uh, and they have a very stereotypical alien appearance, and were first featured in the cantina scene of A New Hope. Um, our lead bounty hunter for the this arc was almost very different. Uh, we've mentioned before that it was originally supposed to be the bounty hunter Dirge from the 2003 series. Dave Filoni really liked Dirge, but for the story, Dirge didn't work. Um, and that kind of makes sense. Dirge is a big, tough guy. He's not really the sneaking around kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So I can see why they changed it. I'm, I'm glad they changed it because we got a really great character. And Catbane was ultimately based off of concept art going back all the way to the Phantom Menace of an alien with a cowboy hat kind of motif. Yeah, kind of very Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah, very much. And especially when you go back to season one, episode 22, and you first see him introduced, he's got an even thicker kind of accent to him. Mm -hmm. I think I think they were going for something very specific there, and then they figured out, hey, we need him to talk a lot more than we thought, so <laughs> let, let's dial it down just a little bit so he still sounds like he's got the accent but it's not as drawn because like in, in his first appearance he's very drawn out in how he says things like hello there like he doesn't say you know he doesn't talk fast um yeah. but eventually as he goes <clears throat> on he talks more and more and so it's hard to keep that kind of Clint Eastwood vibe if you're going to talk a lot yeah and so but Corey Burton does the voice if you if you don't remember Incredible. Number we love one, Corey Burton. right? Corey Burton and D. Bradley Baker need to calm down. Stealing all the jobs, okay? Yeah. They they play like five different characters all the time. Like, calm down, all right? Uh, they are just too magnificent uh, when it comes to voice acting. So, but yeah, Cad Bane's pretty cool. Yeah, he is. He's really very like cool. He's he's very different while also being very similar to the bounty hunters we've had in the past. Yeah. Um, and he's just also a lot more successful than some bounty hunters that we've seen in the past. He holds his own pretty well. Yes, he does. And a moment of silence for Toto. He, he blesses. I know. Well, you've told me about that while we were watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he comes back. He blesses, he's rebuilt. Yeah, he blesses the rains down in Coruscant. So, that's one of those things, though. It's like, you know, Cad Bane doesn't care. He just rebuilds and later on, so yeah. it's kind of like... Yeah, like, droid friend, be nice to your droid friend. Don't just blow him up and then say, oh, I can rebuild him later. Well, but it's, you know, from the view of the galaxy, it's a droid. It's, it's machinery and technology. The it's, view of the galaxy you know, is wrong. But at what point? You know? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, we have droid characters that are made as, made to make us think that way, but then there's also ones where it's like, yeah, they're just, they're just functional, like, you know. I think so. all droids are beautiful. It's like that one... If you ask L3, yes, yeah. they all are. That one droid that uh, Cad Bane shoots when he comes into the... No, wait, that's in the other episode. Yeah, that's in the other episode, but yeah. Yeah. You saw the rabbit droid. my reaction <laughs> to him shooting the rabbit droid. I was well, so he upset. he didn't shoot it. 
He didn't? Mm-mm. Well, somebody shot the rabbit droid, and I was just another like... Another droid. <laughs> yeah, another droid. Helios 3D or something like that. Anyway. He's in 3D. So, long, but that's our first episode. Uh, it's long because of Cad Bane. We gotta, gotta give the blue-skinned dude his own uh, proper introduction and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but be sure to let us know what you think of Cad Bane. A lot of people uh, have vocalized their appreciation and their love of him, and so uh, definitely looking forward to continuing on with uh, his interesting character. But in the meantime, Megan, yeah, we're receiving a transmission from the banking clan. Oh no, oh. not the moon! All right, guys. So if you're like, hey, that was weird. Uh, it's our new weird transition. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, we are um, working on getting more ways to support the show and whatnot. And so uh, the Banking Clan is just a section of the show where we throw some sponsorships at you and some stuff uh, that you can enjoy um, that just goes into the Banking Clan to support the show and all that good stuff. Just a couple minutes away from the Star Wars and then we'll get you back to it. But... We did want to take a minute to tell you about some cool stuff happening over on Amazon. Uh, if you check out the description of this episode, you'll find a link um, that you can follow to check out some cool deals that Amazon has on gift cards right now. Uh, Amazon gift cards are awesome because they have no expiration date and they're for all kinds of occasions and all kinds of price points. Uh, and so if you go over there now, there's a great way that you can... You can have it sent to you so that you can gift a person gift cards yeah. yourself, or you can uh, have it sent straight to them. Uh, all sorts of options are there for you. They have cool little cards that you can include with it, as well as little gift boxes. It, it really helps make it a personalized gift, because a lot of people think that gift cards are a cheap uh, scapegoat of a gift, but really, gift cards are a way to give someone... Uh, the ability to get their own gift and decide what they want to do uh, for themselves. And so sometimes the best gift that you can give is allowing someone to get themselves something. Yes. You know, if you've got difficult people in your life, like we do, that are just <laughs> hard to shop for because nothing's ever right or you never know if they have something or don't have something and you don't want to ask because then it spoils it, just get them a gift card, guys. Yeah. Hey, John, do you know what you can buy on Amazon right now? What? You can buy lightsaber chopsticks. Ooh. You can buy a tape dispenser that looks like a little boy sitting on a toilet. Ooh. You can buy huh? a Santa Claus toilet cover. Look at that. That's creepy. It's very creepy. Just spend some bathroom time with Santy. Because, yeah. Yeah. That's what Coke intended when they invented Santa Claus. Um, mm. So... All of that good stuff is happening on o over at Amazon. Like I said, just go into the description of this episode, check out the link, click there. It'll take you over to the webpage where you can check out the gift cards and start doing your holiday shopping. It is that time. So if you haven't gotten there yet and you're just needing something to give those difficult people, gift cards are a way to go. Um, but just check out uh, all the other cool and apparently weird yeah. stuff that they have over there. A Krampus cookie cutter. <laughs> Krampus cookie cutter? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, we could be here all day with this weird stuff. I will but be. <laughs> instead, you guys follow that link, check it out. It's Ooh. awesome. Settlers of Catan. Oh my goodness. Moving on back, welcome to the show. Hopefully you had fun with all that good stuff. 
Um, so now we're moving to season two, episode two, Cargo of Doom. I'm gonna need you to say that a little more spirited. Cargo of Doom. Cargo of Doom! Yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, the moral of this episode is overconfidence is the most dangerous form of carelessness. Now, mm. this would have been a good moral for the last episode, in my opinion. This would have fit there really well. Again, ah Ahsoka's overconfidence yeah. and all that good stuff. But uh, I'm not bitter. Anyway, uh, but it is very true. Uh, it, it, the most careless thing you can do is be overconfident. Nobody's perfect. You guys are all awesome, but nobody's perfect. So just make sure you keep your thoughts of yourself level-headed because otherwise you'll step on people and you'll never learn anything. Yeah. So everybody, everybody just, yeah. Be good people. Be good people. There you Be go. Be good to each other, please. The opening narration of this episode is Stolen Secrets. Villainous <laughs> mercenary Cad Bane was hired by Darth Sidious to steal a holocron from the vaults of the Jedi Temple. After fleeing the scene of the crime, Bane hunted down and captured Master Bola Rapal, who had a crystal, ha, who has a crystal, which holds the secrets of the Jedi Order. Congratulations. A, what? Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> As a uh, separatist fleet arrives to help the bounty hunter, Anakin Skywalker races in to cut off their escape and stop Bane from delivering the stolen holocron. Yeah. Was that a RuPaul's Drag Race reference? Yes, it oh, okay. was. Okay. It took me a second. I was like, what? A RuPaul's what? Drag Race. Who do you think would win a, a space RuPaul's Drag Race? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Really? Duh. Do you think he would shave? No. No. <laughs> He just put glitter in his beard or something. Tutor boot, my gosh. Um, so, the awesomeness continues as Anakin, Ahsoka, and their clones head to the Deveron system, where Bola Rapal, I have to consciously make an effort to say <laughs> Rapal, um, was last seen. Unfortunately, the Rodian Jedi has been captured by Bane and his droids. He has several. He has so many droids. Mm-hmm. Um, Anakin and the others come up with a rad plan to infiltrate the Separatist frigate by launching an ATTE to the asteroids below to provide a cover fire. And it is really cool to see the walkers in space combat like that. Um, and it works, surprisingly. You know, that doesn't happen all the time. No, not with Anakin's plan. No. <laughs> and they're able to get aboard the frigate. Um, Bane, during all this, has been torturing Ropal for information, but the Jedi plays the ultimate game of the silent treatment. By that, I mean he dies. <laughs> Pretty quickly, <laughs> actually. quieter than that. <laughs> no. Um, so, Bane realizes that he needs the Jedi that are invading his ship if he wants to get the holocron open. This leads him to lure the Jedi and the clones along, and we get some really cool anti-gravity battle, which is something that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, I don't think so. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like. I, I think like, it would come up more. Yeah, I like when you use space in yeah. shows. And the clones seem to. I want to say. I want to say that I heard. I remember a line from Rex where it was kind of like, you know, we train for this. You know, activate yeah. your. Just like the simulations. Basically, <laughs> uh, I could be wrong. I could be just transposing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Battlefront dialogue, but. You probably I, I are, do, I, I, don't I do mind. think that they trained for that sort of thing. I mean, you you got to figure you're constantly fighting in space. Yeah. Losing gravity is a, a regular risk, so... Yeah. By the way, I only know that line because of 
prequel memes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Just like simulation. Um, so, uh, it does not matter because Bane gets away. In a very clever way. Mm-hmm. Like, very, very clever. And Ahsoka pursues while Anakin is caught off guard when one of the droids fire on some munitions lying around. Literally, just giant space bombs. Well, they were, they were in the, I guess, section of the ship where the artillery was, so... I guess, but still. Yeah. They're not just a great sitting. place to have a firefight. Yeah, honestly. Um, so, Ahsoka is impressively able to take down Bane, briefly... Uh, she's bested when the bounty hunter uses his shock gauntlet on her when she was distracted. Can we have shock gauntlets? I feel like you'd be too irresponsible with them. You're probably right, but that does not make me want shock gauntlets any less. <laughs> um, I'll get you a taser for Christmas. Yay! Um, Anakin finally gets through an order to Rex and the clones to secure the hangar for their escape while he goes after Ahsoka. And Ahsoka is wearing a very fashionable red number here. Yeah, spacesuit. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very fashionable. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's sparkly and red. Looks I don't know if it was sparkly. I thought it was, it was sparkly. Maybe. I perceive sparkles everywhere because uh, I have glitter in my corneas. <laughs> clearly. Um, so, little little break for the nerd stuff. Um, the Devron system. Oh, it, it's, yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, the Devron system and the planet of the same name are the home to the Devronian species. Uh, these are the guys that look like stereotypical devils, essentially. Um, you know, pointy ears, horns, <laughs> red and yellow, orange skin. Um, Visago of uh, Star Wars Rebels is a good reference for this species, if you've ever seen that show. Uh, he was a Devronian crime boss who operated on Lothal during the time of the Empire. Bola Rapal was one of at least three Rodian Jedi that we know existed. Uh, in a Legends comic tied to the episode, it is revealed that Rapal and his Padawan were on Devron to build a small Jedi temple for training. It attempted to explain why a Jedi with such important information was out that far, but it doesn't really make sense why they would build a mini temple out on some backwater planet. It's kind of all weird, but it's all Legends now, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting to think about why... Uh, a Jedi with such important information would just be wandering around the galaxy because uh, what he has with him is the Kyber Memory Crystal. Don't let the name fool you. It's not a Kyber Crystal. It's some weird... It sounded cool, so that's what they named it and didn't really realize the implications of it. Um, And so the Kyber Memory Crystal had... The one that Bola Paul had had a list of known Force-sensitive children all across the galaxy. Um, and the the Jedi were essentially using this list to monitor who uh, was out there and when they should pick them up and bring the Coruscant to train them and all that good stuff. Uh, but despite the name, again, it's not a kyber crystal. It is not a lightsaber crystal. It's essentially a mini SD card that, only, that has to be put into a larger memory card to have the information read uh, in this case, that would be the holocron. So you have to put the crystal in the holocron in order to access the information, if that makes sense. They, it, I knew some of those words. It was a way to make it more difficult than just getting a holocron and having information. They you know, wanted to yeah. have an extra step to make it seem extra s- sneaky and secret and cool. 
and all that good stuff. Um, and also, uh, the significance of the beads that Ahsoka wears, which Bane takes, uh, were they were essentially her Padawan braid. They're called Silka beads uh, and are used for hairless species in place of an actual hair braid, uh, which was an indicator that they were still a Padawan. Yeah, I heard silica beads when you first told me what those were. And I was like, are they keeping her dry? No, silica beads. Um, it's it's interesting, you know, because you never really think about, okay, they have Padawan braids, but what about the ones that don't? But at the same time, I don't believe we saw silica beads on other Padawan. I, I, I don't know how consistent they've been with their little Padawan bead braids, but yeah. whatever. Um... So the episode picks up the pace as things begin to resolve. Anakin is forced to unlock the holocron in order to save Ahsoka. And Bane escapes again. When he realizes that the clones are guarding his ship, he attempts to find another way off the frigate, only to be met by clone troopers, Denal and Koho. Anakin and Ahsoka return to the hangar and board the ship just in time to see Denal deck Bane off of the upper-level deck before making it to the ship for their escape. While they don't get the holocron, they assume it's destroyed with Bane back on the frigate, but Anakin cannot shake an uneasy feeling. I wonder why! Yeah. I thought they did a really good job with, uh, this. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Cad Bane's not dead. We have a third yeah. episode to talk about, so obviously yeah. you might have inferred that. And if you've seen The Clone Wars, then there you go. Um... Hopefully this is not the episode you're coming in and just discovering all things Clone Wars for the first time. Hopefully you're either watching along with us or you have watched them and you're just kind of reliving, reliving them with us in these episodes. But, spoiler alert, he, he lives. But I thought the way this ended with him impersonating a clone was really well done. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a really good fake-out. They handle it well. And so... Um, and they, I love that they don't acknowledge it in this episode. Like, you yeah. have to come back for the next episode. Yeah. So it's, it's, you just, it's really sus suspenseful and cool. Yeah, you just see a clone holding his arm and just being like, owie. Right. Ahsoka. Well, he doesn't speak to her, which is kind of which, a plot point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was clever. A, a clever way for him to get off. He, he didn't really have access to another ship. By yeah. the way, the ship is called a Shithapede. Uh, <laughs> Uh, fighter, or Shithapede ship. It's based off of a beetle found on Nemoidians. That's why it's often called the Nemoidians shuttle. So, yeah. It's based off of a Shithapede. Still a funny name. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot deny that that is a funny name. Yeah. But, yeah, so yeah. we're continuing on. I thought it was, um, again, Cad Bane proves he's, he's a smart fellow with this, you know, he's not really bothered by the fact that the Jedi, but now I did think it was kind of, you know, you went, I understand Bola Rapal had the memory crystal, and that's why you needed Bola Rapal. Yeah. But at the same time, it, shouldn't he be the only one to open that holocron to read the information then? Yeah, I mean, I guess if it's like, if he dies, which he does, or like something happens and he can't do it, you gotta have like a backup plan, but... But just any Jedi being able to do it just seems, it just seems like they forget the idea of, you know, we want this to be secret and, yeah. you know, all this other stuff. Now, I do believe that 
there's no way that Bola Rapal could have been the only Jedi to have access to that list. Like, I think that's a little irresponsible. No, of course not. Um, but at the same, I mean, just because of how many children there must be on that list. Mm-hmm. I just, I, that seems like too much for any one. And again, we don't really know, was he the only one responsible for going around and, you know, sensing if there's force-sensitive children on planet? Like, no wonder Anakin didn't get discovered. He's the only guy doing it. Yeah. So I just, maybe it's just that we don't fully know. It could be that there is another Jedi, but out of fear of protecting his identity, because Anakin and Ahsoka did not know who Bola Rapal was. So mm-hmm. we're led to believe that Bola Rapal was not a well-known Jedi for the sake of being secret. So it could be that Mace Windu and Yoda just decided not to mention, oh, there's someone else we can call. Ghostbusters. You know, uh, I don't know. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, it makes for a good episode, but when you really start to think more about it, you start to wonder how it all really works. Yeah. I guess. Or I do because I overthink. Good wonder. But I thought it was really cool. I thought it was um, interesting that they just decided to kill him. I mean, well, they didn't decide to kill him. He just died. He died under torture. Yeah. Like, didn't pretty really easily. Yeah. Well, electrocution. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it did seem like Cat Bane should have been smart enough to be like, you know, because the droid's like, I don't know if he can take this. He's kind of fleshy. <laughs> and, and Cad Bane's just like, eh, hey, you're not a medical droid. Also, did we mention that in the last episode that Toto was played by Seth Green? No, we didn't. Yeah, yeah uh, Toto is played by Seth Green. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, Cad Bane, you, you, you sure you want to disregard droid information? I mean, they're battle droids, I get it, but at the same time, yeah. you should have enough sense to be like, hey, this might kill him. Maybe just a little bit. I don't know. I, man, man. Yeah. Overall, it's a really cool episode. Yeah. Um, again, Cad Bane shows off. He's not your average bounty hunter. He's very smart, all things considered. He did lose a couple of ships, but of course he doesn't really care. No. Um, I don't think he cares about much. Yeah. He cares about getting paid. That's it. And we know, and we definitely know that from the next episode. So, yeah. But, speaking of that, on to the next episode. On to the next on one. On to the next episode. Not a whole lot going on in the last episode. Pretty straightforward. Of try to get the holocron back. Don't get it back. <coughs> Rodian guy dies. All that good stuff. Uh, kind of straightforward. But this one, I think, it's also kind of straightforward. But it also has some interesting conversation points. I think some some very, some, some some evil plans here. Some um, very evil plans. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure I said what at least three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the moral of this one is the first step to correcting a mistake is patience. Um, yeah. This one works. Yeah. This one applies, I think. I mean, you know, Cad Bane gets away, and so, uh, kind of just have to, if you, if you just rush and react, then probably not going to get the right thing done, so best to just take things slow and, uh, yeah. Be patient with yourself. Patience is never a bad thing. Uh, the opening narration for this one is A thief hunted in a daring assault, Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan, Osoka, boarded Osoka? Pa- Osoka <laughs> boarded the warship of cunning bounty hunter Cad Bane to recover a stolen holocron containing a list 
of the galaxy's Force-sensitive children and future Jedi Knight. After a desperate chase and duel with the villain, Anakin and his troops defeated Bane, but were forced to evacuate his doomed vessel without the holocron. Yeah. Um, so we pick up where we left off in the lapsed, lapsed episode, being reminded of the crew's escape from the frigate and Bane with the holocron supposedly being left behind. And a twist that no one saw coming. Except, you know. I mean, I'm sure some people we, probably we, didn't yeah. see it coming. Probably. I mean, we spoiled it just now. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, it turns out that Bane did escape. They find a little bit of green blood on the ship after Denal acts very strange and totally, like, blows off Ahsoka, which he was just being a butt. Well, it's Cad Bane. It's Cad Bane, but, like, it's so rude. Someone's talking to you, trying to make sure that you're okay. Say something. I'm giving up on you. Say something. <laughs> Yeah, and they figure out that it's not Denal, but rather Bane, who escapes by stealing a ship from the hangar. After reporting to the council, they decide to reach out and see if they can find an, any nearby Force-sensitive children who might be Bane's first targets. This leads Obi-Wan to Rhodia and Anakin to Naboo. He didn't go very far. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan finds out that he is too late, as Bane has already captured the Rhodian child, we done. <laughs> we done. <laughs> we done. End of the episode. We done. Yeah, and <laughs> Bane, Bane done it um, after tricking his mother to give him up by impersonating a Jedi. And telling her, you know, hey, there's a lot of fake Jedi out there, wink wonk. Yeah. Uh, with his big old red eyes. He, he obviously uses some influence to, to get the, the job done, but... I, I never really understood, like, <clears throat> why would you tear it? Like, now, you just dis kind of discredited yourself. Like, can you prove you're a Jedi? Yeah. Where's <laughs> your lightsaber, hunky? Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Bane attempts even more thievery um, to go t on Naboo to steal a baby Gungan named Ruru Page. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love Gungan names. That is that is always gonna happen. Like I just I love them so much. And Ahsoka stops Bane and manages to capture him and get her Soka beads back so that she can be dry and contain her. Um after being taken captive by the Jedi, they decide to try an unconventional means of getting information out of him. So Jedi mind tricks usually only work on the weak minded. But what if John, what if three very powerful Jedi, like three on one, try it at the same time on the same person? And during this whole sequence, we see Ahsoka kind of, yeah. ugh. <laughs> she's, she's not sure about this, mm -hmm. which I think is... An appropriate response. Yes, very appropriate. Uh, you either get the information you want, or you can scramble the person's brains. Their head will blow up like some popcorn. Little calm A, little calm B. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, for Bane, it works. And he tells the Jedi that he will take them where they want to go. And he only goes blind a little bit in his left eye. <laughs> and he just can't say moist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> can, can any of us, really? Moist. This is not ASMR style. <laughs> um, so, cool little thing. Um... 
happens after this, where Obi-Wan, Mace, and Anakin can't agree on whether to update the Chancellor. So, But ultimately, Anakin calls the Chancellor. But Obi-Wan's line about being Jedi business, he doesn't need to update the Chancellor, is kind of dangerous. Yeah. Technically, they're not wrong. But technically, neither is Anakin when he says, you know, the whole reason we should report it is that we're acting as a military body now. Yeah. You know, we have a responsibility to say, hey, no, this would be different if it was just the Jedi, but you're devoting Republic ships and resources to this hunt. Meaning that, yeah, it's technically largely personal, but you're also using Republic stuff, which means you're kind of obligated to let them know how you're using it. Yeah. Um, and and it's also a very, it, it kind of shows that closed doorness of, this is Jedi business, he doesn't need, you know. Jedi business. What, what, no, obviously, we know the harm in talking to Chancellor Palpatine. Yes. Yes, but they do but, Remove all that. He's just a politician. He's the essentially the leader of the Republic and the, the Republic military. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, imagine <clears throat> what harm does it, you know, pose to just say, hey, Chancellor, we're going to investigate, you know, uh, where the children might be, might have been taken. The bounty hunter said he'll take us there and all. Like, you're not really giving up major information, mm -hmm. but to instantly just be like, no, it's Jedi business. This is internal affairs. Yeah. Kind of shady. Yeah. Do you think, like, this is, moments like this is where I think, like, do you ever think Obi-Wan looked back on his time with Anakin in these moments and been like, I should have seen that. I should have seen that. <laughs> I should have, I should have known. I'm sure in a lot of cases, there's a lot of hindsight of where it was there, but, you know, it's one of those things that they could never quite place until, you know, for Mace Windu, when Anakin comes and says he's a Sith, you know, Palpatine's a Sith Lord, all of a sudden for him, it all falls into place and he's like, I get it and we're, we're shutting it down. Yeah. You know, so there was a lot of suspicions, but, you know, and n now also in that scene, though, we can talk about how Mace Windu just wanted it to be that because he, he hated the, he hated yeah. Palpatine, he hated... Uh, the the chancellor and, and his role and position and everything. So when Anakin said, "Hey, I'm giving you information that will allow you to take out the chancellor as you see fit," of course he he jumps on that. When when they first arrive, before the chancellor has anything to do, the Jedi already have their lightsabers out. So you're under arrest, but yeah. feel free to fight back. Yeah, you're under arrest and under my lightsaber. Right. So you know, uh, <clears throat> I think there's. I think there's a lot that mm. once the truth came out, a lot more fit into place all of a sudden. But it, it was unfortunately one of those things where it was just, you know, so well hidden. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I just, I think, you know, now, the big thing is, is this dialogue and attitude necessarily dangerous here? No, but... The ideal. It, Right. If it's here, then more than likely they're willing to do this in other places. It's one of those things. Yeah. Compromise doesn't happen in one place for once. Compromise, if you're willing to do it once, will more than likely happen again. So similarly, in this case, if, if you're willing to have this idea of Chancellor doesn't need to know, yeah, then you're willing to do that in other places. Now, again, we know Palpatine's evil, but imagine this was another Chancellor 
at a different point in time. Yeah. And the Jedi were doing this. That that's shady. That's Yeah. Now, the only reason it's shady, again, because of Anakin mentioned, you're tied to the Republic. Now, if the Jedi had kept church and state separate, it wouldn't be weird. It would make sense because church and state is separate. This is a church affair, not a state affair. They took our germs! <laughs> but because they decided to say, hey, you know, Obi-Wan in episode 3, my allegiance is to democracy, to the Republic. No, it's not. It's to the Jedi Order. Exactly. But they they thought it was synonymous. They thought the Republic was synonymous with the Jedi and that the Jedi was synonymous with the good. And Which we see several times over the course of the Clone Wars. Like, it is obviously not. Yeah, well, and that was what was so great. If you guys haven't read, I'm going to talk about it on our main show next week when we talk about comics, but here it just fits in so well because of the conversation. Uh, the latest uh, Qui-Gon comic, the Age of the Republic Qui-Gon number one, if you haven't read that comic and you're into the Jedi lore and all that stuff, I really, really recommend it because it doesn't add much. It's the dialogue and wisdom and foreshadowing that it does uh, that is great because Qui-Gon essentially has this dilemma where he says, even on Coruscant, the home of where the Jedi are, people don't understand who the Jedi are. Mm -hmm. They don't understand us separate from being, you know, separatist bodyguards, not separatist, senator bodyguards. You know, they, they don't understand who the Jedi are. And it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, we have a purpose, but our actions define our purpose. And right now our actions don't symbolize uh, a neutrality or anything. They, they symbolize that we're too close to the Republic. And so he has this really, because it's one of those things where it's like, the best line is, he's not afraid of being called a coward, but being called a warrior. That's not what a Jedi's supposed to be. I love that. I need to read this comic, like, tomorrow. And, it's Today. so it's so great because I feel for Qui-Gon's dilemma because I've always had that trouble with the Jedi um, during this time period because, yeah, you want to be along for the adventures and the fun and the Clone Wars, and but then you really think about the implications of this is why the Jedi fell. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that there's a lot of that sort of Qui-Gon wisdom ten years later after this episode here where we see that, you know, our actions don't really line up with what our purposes are, mm -hmm. and it's putting us in some questionable areas. In this case, we're willing to decide who gets to know what when it comes to Jedi matters and whatnot. And like I said, if church and state were separate, it'd be perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But you're the one that decided to marry the two and say that your allegiance is to the Republic. Therefore, you have, you have obligations to the Republic. It's, it's, it's deep, it's crazy, and it's, in the episode, for all intents and purposes, it's pretty blown off, because, you know, when Anakin says, no, we should do that, we're, we're military, in a, in a way, so we should report back, and they're just like, oh, well, I guess you just volunteered, so they kind of joke about it, Yeah. but clearly, the thing is, I think that was a defensive of, I'm not having this art, I'm not having this conversation, I don't think you should know, but if you want to tell him, by all means, go. Yeah, and if you think about it, if you really think about it, um, Mace Windu and Obi-Wan, they, they knew what the Jedi Order was like before the war and everything. Mm -hmm. Anakin, that's all he's ever known. Right. I mean, you know, he had ten years as a Padawan, <clears throat> and that's all learn, 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 and then all of a sudden, war. Mm -hmm. And And so, 
uh, for the majority of his adult life, well, I say majority, it was three years, but a lot happened in those three years. Pre-Vader. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, and, and you have to think of what, what a conflict that was for him in the sense of growing up in the Jedi Prime era and then yeah. all of a sudden having that hard shift. But then think of other Jedi, like, you know, we talked about this when we talked about, you know, Ahsoka is a Padawan and in charge and a military leader and all this stuff. But it's like, did she did she learn this stuff? Do, are they constantly preparing to be military leaders? Or, you know, I think they are now in this moment. Right, but you've got to think all these Je- like think of older Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, think of some Jedi that's been in the order for sixty years, and all of a sudden they're like, "Hey, we need you to lead a military unit." What? That you know, you've got that. That's such a stark contrast, and I think Anakin is more for it because we see his personality is towards I think this is the way we get things done you know when he he kind of talks about it in Attack of the Clones where he kind of says like they you know if we decide what's right we should make others believe what is right and his Mm -hmm. way of making others believe what's right is fighting in this war and so I think he's okay with this version of the Jedi and that's not okay but Mm -hmm. it's also not okay for the idea of for instance, you know, in, again, in episode three, when Anakin's like, hey, aren't we going to make our report? Obi-Wan's like, oh, no, you go ahead and do that. I'm not brave enough for politician. We, we don't always catch it, but they ostracize Anakin in a lot of cases for being close to politicians and politics and yeah. having, and giving the benefit. Uh, in Attack of the Clones, there's a whole dialogue of, don't forget, Anakin, she's a politician and they're not to be trusted. Yeah. What? But you literally are tied to the politician movement of the Republic. So it's 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 no it's so interesting how they kind of cast out Anakin for being close to the politicians, but use and exploit him when they want to get certain things out of the politicians. Exactly. Like how many times do they use him to get something from Palpatine? Exactly. it's just, and so it's it's all and I mean and even in Revenge of the Sith, they didn't know what they were gonna get. But they allowed Anakin to get closer to, the, to Palpatine, hoping that what would that would reveal would not only make make a way to end the war, but hopefully bring Anakin to full Jedi. What? Oh my gosh! I forgot to tell you about this thing that I saw. <laughs> oh my gosh! I saw something. It's on live. Twitter. It's happening now. Breaking no, news, guys. No, I, I'm not on Twitter. You no, just I reminded don't. me. Of something that I saw on Twitter the other day. It was um, a Tumblr text post where someone said, you know, in the moment where Mace Windu told Anakin to go wait in the council uh, room, he was probably going to promote him to the rank of master (laughs) when when they capture uh, Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's... Possibly so. (sighs) Ah... Because that would have been that would have been a real final proof of where his loyalties lie. Now yeah. the gray area is, if he had pledged his allegiance to the Jedi, he would have been wrong because the Jedi at that point in time were not yes. healthy and not right. You can fight me on this if you want, anybody in the herd, but the Jedi were not okay. No, they were not. But they were corrupt and immoral. Anakin choosing what he did choose and choosing also, the dark side is also wrong. Yeah. So. Because there was recently a question, I think it was Tatooine Sons posted it, of, you know, 
uh, what was right and what was wrong. If um, Mace, was, if Anakin had allowed Mace to kill Palpatine, or was it right for Anakin to stop Palpatine or stop Mace Windu because it wasn't a Jedi way? Yeah, both are wrong because, and it may not seem like it. Had Mace killed Palpatine, then the Jedi corruption would have been final. It, it would have been, oh, yeah. Now you're no you're no worse than what you you swore to defeat. You know you and, become what you hate. Yeah, and think about it. The Senate didn't think they didn't know anything about the Sith. They right. knew of Count Dooku. He would have just been the guy who killed the Chancellor. Right, and more than like so. Because of what we know of Palpatine as Emperor, okay, when he died, he orchestrated posthumously for the Empire to die. Yeah. Also, uh, basically, if you let me die, you die. Maybe. More than likely, Palpatine had countermeasures in case, again, so yeah. that when the Je- if if he failed, the Jedi would fail too. He probably had something in place to make it look and incriminate the Jedi. So. The Jedi would have been destroyed, as we know it, which already would be, wouldn't have been bad, but more than exactly. likely the Jedi would have died. Um, which they did anyway. <laughs> right. But, and again, in the same way, so either way the Jedi are destroyed, we're just talking about physically or morally, mm-hmm. and which is the worst. Um, and obviously you're dealing with, uh, fictional, but you're dealing with characters' lives, so it's hard to say that one or the other is the right way to go. That's, yeah. you know, so, but... This is a this is the compromise. This is where compromise gets you. Okay. Yeah. The, you know, I feel, I know it seems like we're rambling and not really, but this this is where the path leads of this mentality of Jedi business and all this other stuff is like you have to see those subtle corruptions and compromises that are there that we just treat it as well. That's the good guy thing, and they shouldn't have to tell Palpatine because he's a bad. Guy. They don't know that. Exactly. So it's one of those things where it's like. It could have happened with any chancellor, really. It could have happened with anyone where... Because, again, uh, uh, politicians are not to be trusted and all this other stuff. So it's a really slippery, slippery slope. And obviously this is from years of Jedi business. Yeah. You know, this isn't all of a sudden Obi-Wan and Mace decide... Good job bringing it back. (laughs) They think they're right. They They think they're right. From their perspective, from their point of view. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, and that was my point of bringing up Anakin and all that other stuff is, you know, especially from his point of view, both sides are are fault are flawed and faulty and, mm-hmm. and wrong in my opinion. Sounds a lot like his grandson here. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for everything to end. Yeah. So. There you go. You come for the rambles and the. The deep dives and conversations and all that stuff. Oh boy. Um, not really any nerd stuff, so. Yeah. 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 I, I think we nerded out just now enough. Oh boy, didn't we? Um, so. Obviously, Bane did not lead them to the children, but by taking them to his hideout. Windu and Obi Wan are able to get the holocron back just before they escape. Uh, without Bane, who makes his getaway. Yet again. All the time. And since they have no lead, Anakin and Ahsoka begin in- by investigating Bane's ship. The Zan- Xanadu blood. Yep, Xanadu blood. <laughs> you don't know why that's funny. No. Um, I'll, I'll tell you later. Twitter, if you know what Xanadu is, please tell him. Or just 
post gifts on his Twitter page. Um, so as they they're trying to find out where it may have gone, and they are able to put the data from the ship's computer along with ash residue on the ship together to figure out that Bane went to drumroll, please. Mustafar. <laughs> Mustafar! Everyone's favorite planet. Mm -hmm. uh, the two travel there quickly and interrupt Sidious's plan to modify the children with surgery to make them spies for the dark side in order to help overthrow the Jedi. What? <laughs> Calm down, Sidious. <laughs> Calm down. If you think about it, what he's doing is no different from the Jedi. His is just more physical. Uh, you know, um, he's taking small children and bending them to his agenda and plan and all that stuff. He's doing it through manipulation and surgery and implants. The Jedi do it through just influence of this is the right way. So, you know. Wow. I, I mean, I, I'm not trying. I don't. Here's the thing. The Jedi are the good guys. Yes, they're supposed to be. But... I don't want it to seem like I'm constantly bashing the Jedi or anything like that. But I, you are. <laughs> no, I, I am simply calling what what things are, yeah. truthfully. There are things of the Jedi that are good and upright, but we can't <clears throat> take all the good that they do as an overshadow to all of the questionable and immoral things they do as well. Yes. Because that is how you get the Jedi that we come to know in the prequels. Yeah. Because they were never called into question because they did such good things and they were so good for the galaxy and all this other stuff. Yeah. So, I don't want it to seem like I'm constantly trying to find ways to make the Jedi the bad guys, but we do have to remember they're not exactly innocent. No. In the grand scheme of things. So, I just think, yeah. it, I think it's a parallel, though, of, well, how do the Sith handle children in the Force and all this other stuff? Because most of the time we're led to believe that, oh, Sith are recruited after, you know, when they're older after they've had time to grow a disdain for the light side or Jedi or good things. Um, so, but here we see, no, we, we make them dark side. We force them to the dark side from a young mm -hmm. age. I mean, if they can corrupt a kyber crystal pretty easily, they can probably corrupt a child equally as easily. There you go. So Boom jams. That's basically what it... This is the first hints of the Inquisitorious program that um, is going on, except the Inquisitorious aren't forced or cybernetic or anything like this but it's one of those things like they're just assist it's easier it's easier to make a child evil than to teach a child evil and that's basically what he's trying to do take away their gummy bears yep that'll, that'll make a child evil <laughs> dark side bleh <laughs> <laughs> um so when he realizes that oh wait yeah when he realizes that he is compromised he orders everything to be destroyed, specifically for the uh, struts of the building to be destroyed, and then the building slides into the lava. Well, it's not destroyed. It, they're, it really stupid, uh -huh. but uh, it was established in Revenge of the Sith, so they kind of kept up with it. But basically, a lot of that stuff's held up by gravity, uh, artificial gravity. Mm. So it basically turns that off. Um, because not only does the artificial just gravity flips hold the it, switch. <laughs> I mean, kind of. It doesn't just hold it, but it also provides protection from the heat and the lava uh, that it's surrounded by. So it's both shielding and support. Mm -hmm. And he took all that away. So that's why it basically just 
that fell into the lava. Fell into the lava. Because that's what happens in um, Revenge of the Sith when Anakin and Obi-Wan are fighting is they inadvertently uh, shut down the artificial gravity. That's why the place starts falling apart. Nice. Um, but it just, yeah, just having a switch lying around that that could happen <laughs> is a little irresponsible. Yeah. It's like the big red button conundrum. Right. It's like Wat Tambor's just wandering around waiting for Anakin to show up. He's like, oh, what's this? Like, <laughs> um, so, Anakin and Ahsoka are not about to let those kids get lavaed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so they eventually wrestle the babies from the nanny droids, which, can I just say, these babies are freaking adorable. Yeah. Even the Gungan babies are mm-hmm. adorable. Like, I, I want a little plushie of a Rodian baby. <laughs> Please. Heard, please. No. Um, I'm sure we can find one somewhere. I'm sure Etsy has some. Yeah. Um, so they get the babies, and the kids are returned to their loving families, and all's well that ends well as it can. Um, they had escaped, and they had no idea who was behind the scheme to kidnap the children because all of the evidence was destroyed by the lava of Mustafar. Yeah, because they... they seem to believe that it's a little too evil for Dooku, which... Yeah. Eh, I, I, can, I can kind of I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think... I don't think Dooku knew about it. We don't we don't see or hear of Dooku. I think this was all Sidious's plan, because yeah. you got to figure, how would Dooku have felt with potentially being replaced down the road with, yeah. with these, Robots. You know, well, no, no, enhanced dark side <laughs> children? I just imagined, like, the scene from... Captain America, where they put the baby in the in the pickle jar, that's what I call it, and give him the super soldier serum, and then just, like, this buff baby walks out. That happens in what? Captain America, the first Avenger. Have you not seen Captain America in a no, while? Ha- what baby? No, I mean, like, the baby Steve Rogers. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Uh, sure. <laughs> I thought you were talking about an actual baby. I was no. like, wait, What? No. A baby in a pickle jar? What? <laughs> no, baby Steve Rogers <laughs> in a pickle jar. Okay, alright, that makes more sense. I don't um, remember what it's actually called. <laughs> yeah, so I I don't think Dooku necessarily knew. Uh, I think they basically say, which, it's kind of jumping to conclusions, but we're led to believe that it's much more sinister than separatist. And I, th- I yeah. think that's what they're assuming. They're, they're saying Dooku's separatist, he's with that... This seems darker. But the Sith have not returned. Well, no. I, they know the Sith oh. have returned. At this point, like, good. Yeah, they, they assume there's a dark Sith behind everything, but, I, you know, I, I think they're jumping to the conclusion that this is yeah. darker than like, Separatist stuff. Do they, did they forget about the rule of two? Wait, no, wait. He's got Ventress. Never mind. The rule of two kind of gets out on technicality. There's only a master and an apprentice. Arguably, though, Dooku's not an apprentice. Um, no, he's too. In art, now, I mean, if we really want to think about it, Sidious had no apprentices. He had pawns. None of them were right. Like, Anakin was meant to be his first true and proper apprentice. That's why he invested so much in him. Yeah. All the others were just means to get there. Now, Sidious was sad about the loss of Maul. I'll say that. But I think that's because he saw potential in him, but I don't think he thought Maul was going to be the one to rule the Empire with him when it came oh. time. Um, <clears throat> I think Sidious really cho- picks and chooses his apprentices 
that he can manipulate into, you know, what he wants out of an apprentice. Right. To make sure that he doesn't get killed. Because the rule of two is meant to be that there's a master that passes on what they know to the Padawan. And then, and then, they then get the killed. Padawan kills. <laughs> That's when that Padawan becomes the master. Yeah, it's like Klingon. Sidious doesn't want that. He doesn't want to invest in a Padawan that's going to overthrow him. He wants a Padawan that's going to help him get what he wants. Exactly. And then he could kill them down the line. Yeah. Possibly. So, I think... Yeah. I don't think we see proper rule of two at all in... Yeah. I don't this, think... I mean... Yeah. It, I, I yeah. don't think we've seen the proper rule of two. No. Definitely not in Star Wars media. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Hopefully... Um, hopefully <clears throat> Old Republic style will give us something of that regard. I, yeah. I, I mean, because... It's meant to be kind of an honor thing. It's meant to be kind of a, like, with... Don't with, kill me. <laughs> no, don't kill me no, yet. With with what I mean by it, like, with Darth Bane, he was disappointed when he thought, my apprentice can't kill me. I've invested in I've them. failed. Right, well, I believed in them. I thought that they would be the one to carry on the yeah. Sith, and I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And so basically he cast uh, Zana aside and just said, meh. You know, and so it's not, obviously, with that... Obviously, the Sith are still evil and yeah. all, but it's almost this tinge of honor in, in that it, it's honorable for me to die on a... Like, it's one of those... Like, it's an honor for me to retire and my son to be able to take my place. I raised my son well, I taught him well, and I can trust that he's going to take over the family business. Do you think someday our kids are going to kill us so that they can take over the podcast? Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I would be very disappointed if they didn't. <laughs> Well, and there you go, and that's that's, <laughs> that's how it works with this. They're, they're disappointed when when they don't die. Aww, but come it, on, it quickly, Jimmy. It quickly switched from that to, I don't want to die. You know, Sidious was constantly yeah. obsessed with extending himself, and he didn't <clears> want to give up his power. That's why the Sith always fail. They're selfish. Yeah. So even you know, that that was why the rule of two didn't work. I think is because it requires you to not. It, it requires you to be a little selfless, in the sense that you're not holding up. The Sith is not about you. You are not the Sith. You are a Sith. Yeah. You have to eventually let that go to one who is stronger than you. If mm-hmm. they can kill you, they're stronger than you. Yeah, and I think we really... Palpatine's and, you know, Sidious, his arrogance has been put on display all throughout not only the Clone Wars, but uh, the Darth Plagueis book. Mm-hmm. Like, if well, read Darth hard, Plagueis. It's hard not to because you're right there. Yeah. I and did no, this. Right. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows who you are. And what yeah. You, like it's hard not to get a little prideful of every day that you wake up and you're still there. It's like, yeah, they gave you this <laughs> power. They let this happen. Do you imagine that he wakes up every morning, opens his eyes, and goes, <laughs> "I win." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do it. I'm sure. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's got a, it's an accomplishment every day. He doesn't die. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, At his that's age. true of everyone. <laughs> Amen, sister. So, but, uh, yeah, so, definitely some Sithy stuff. This is probably one of the darker plots of the Sith in, in all of this. Yeah. You know, I mean, anytime babies get involved in evil plans, you know you're dealing with a bad guy. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where I looked at you and said, this is a kid show. Yeah, they're, I mean, and I, it's Cartoon Network, so they're allowed a little more, but at the same time, it's it's still, like, they, they get away with yeah. a lot. Um, but I think that's what makes it feel Star Wars, is there's stakes, there's evil, there, you know, there's depth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, any Star Wars media is always going to have that. I, that's what I love. Even Star Wars Resistance does well. Rebels does very well. Like, you can never disregard something because of, 
for kids. I mean, everything is Star Wars. It, you know, it, it, it's all deep and meaningful and impactful and powerful and all kinds of stuff. So it does a lot, definitely. So, well, we're gonna get ready to wrap it up here. That's three episodes down. We're into season one officially, and uh, so yeah, we're gonna look at season one. Oh, season two. Sorry. (laughs) Season two. I I got lost for a second. Hopefully you guys enjoyed these uh, fun little episodes. Uh, Hopefully you are excited to finally get to some Cad Bane. I know a couple people that I've been talking to that are eagerly waiting for us to uh, move ahead. Um, There are so many great episodes ahead of us uh, in season two, but especially in season three. So all kinds of good stuff ahead. We'll get there in our due time, um, but hopefully you enjoyed this one. Let us know some of your favorite bits. Did you like Cad Bane? Uh, what did you think about the whole Force Children thing? All that good stuff. Let us know what you thought. Don't forget to check the description of this episode for a link to that Amazon stuff that we were talking about. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, Flipboard uh, for tailoring and curating your news uh, to what you would like to see and read and all that good stuff. Um, remember to hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, just say hi. Send us your favorite Star Wars meme, all that good stuff, whatever you'd like to do. We want to hear from you. And consider checking out our Patreon page where you can, uh, look at supporting the show and getting rewarded for it. We have all kinds of cool goodies available for, um, support over on Patreon. And then I think that's about it. Yeah. We'll be back Monday, uh, of course, with our regularly scheduled stuff, Monday Motivations. Next Wednesday, we have special guest Ben Knight on the main show, so if you want to hear us chit-chat with a nerdy dude who happens to have some good rap music, then tune in for that one. We'll also have some cool news, some interesting updates to talk about. Yeah. Um, And then we'll be back again Friday with more Clone Wars Rewatch, moving on to... uh, Bounty Hunters and Zillow Beast. Like I said, we're going to talk about Bounty Hunters quite a bit in the Season 2 arc. It's all about Bounty Hunters, so... Yeah. Hopefully you're looking forward to it. We are. We thank you for listening, and thank you for all of your support and encouragement. Make sure that you share, rate, all that good stuff. Have a great weekend, and as always, may the Force be with you. Bye!